And today we are joined with a 13-year vet, a player that has played under one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different coaches, if I'm right, with the Falcons, the, the one and only Todd McClure. Todd, thanks so much for uh, carving some time out and joining Bird Noises. Oh, man, I appreciate you guys calling me. I always enjoy talking about, you know, the good, good old days, good times. The good old with, days. Uh, with the Falcons, yeah, absolutely. Well, man, you've seen it all. You played, you know, I was sitting there going through your uh, your career, and, you know, the first thing that stood out was just the longevity. And you've probably got so many different stories. You played under Dan Reeves, Wade Phillips, Jim Moore Jr., Bobby Petrino, uh uh, Emmett Thomas, Mike. yep, yeah. and then Mike Smith. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you were you were part of some some great teams and, and you know, a couple that weren't great, but man, what a career! No, yeah, I was definitely blessed. You know, over my 14 years, my my rookie year, I tore my ACL in training camp, and um, you know, it was I didn't think my my journey was going to get started. Then I thought it was over with already because I didn't know what the what the Falcons were going to do. You were uh, a, you were a seventh round pick, right? You were like the two hundred thirty seventh pick overall. I mean, I know you were picked late, right? So you were thinking, yeah, trouble. Yeah, I, luckily for me, you know, I had I had good OTAs, I had good uh, workouts and everything going up to training camp. So I showed a little bit of my ability. Yep. Uh, I didn't know if they were just going to waive me or put me on IR. Luckily, they put me on IR, which gave me another chance for another camp. Yeah. Um, well, let's just jump right into your 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 Falcons days because, I mean, you were part of some of the greatest teams in franchise history. Um, yeah. Not only that, you had literally a front seat. You were literally – I was sitting here, Todd. I was going through – I was trying to figure out how many snap counts – you had in your career how many times you've snapped the ball how many times you were if you had to guess right now how many of those snaps were quarterback under center or shotgun if you had to break it up just guesstimation what would it be oh man uh i wouldn't know where to start percentage wise because i have i came up with a number actually you came up with a number because i know michael vick were under center a lot just because of our west coast style offense Uh, okay 40% 40% under center, maybe? Okay. Okay. What, well, what do you think? Yeah. Oh, well, I, I don't, I, I don't have a, I don't have a number as far as percentage of quarterback under center versus shotgun. I have a, just an actual snap count, which I came up with about 13,598 snaps. That's just regular season. That's, That's right. not counting yeah. postseason or all those training camp, hot, sweaty That's days in training camp. Yeah. That's a lot of snaps. Yeah, when you think about it like that, it is a lot of snaps. And I was very <laughs> fortunate to be able to snap it that many times. And you had some great quarterbacks, hands under center, under your your rear your rear end there too. You had Chris Chandler, Michael Vick, Brad. Is it Brad Johnson? Yeah. No, Doug Johnson. Doug Johnson. Doug Johnson. Sorry, Michael yeah. Vick, yeah. Joey Harrington, and of course the one and only Matt Ryan. That's right. How did That's I get right. that Johnson Matt Schaub, also Schaub was in there, and there's a few other guys. You know, Byron Leftwich, who's down coordinating offense at Tampa. Uh, there's a bunch of guys when you think about it, you know. Uh, but there's a yeah, couple was, that really stood out for me. 
Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot right off the top here. Who was, who was the mo who was your favorite quarterback to play with? You know, uh, people ask me that a lot. Um, and I can't give you one favorite, you know, uh, <laughs> love Matt Ryan, love Michael Vick. Both of those guys were different styles. Yep. Uh, both of those guys had a huge part in some of my best years as a Falcons. Uh, the big years were just exciting. You know, you never knew what was going to happen every time I snapped in the ball. Uh, he was just so electric. Yeah. Uh, Matt Ryan was more student of the game. I knew the day, the first day he stepped into the huddle, I'm like, all right, this guy, he's going to be pretty good. You know? What did he uh, What did he do in that huddle that first day? What What was it that yeah. you just said, oh, this guy's different? You know, it's all about confidence with young quarterbacks. Um, and we've had guys come in, you know, and they're nervous. Obviously, they're they're around. You know, you step into the huddle and you got guys like, I know, not at the time, Tony wasn't there, but Tony Gonzalez, Warwick Dunn, you know, guys that have, have been there a long time and done it. And uh, it could be it could be a big stepping stone for some guys. But Matt stepped in like he was the biggest, baddest dude around, you know. <laughs> I love it. Call to play. Let's go. Yeah. And, uh knew he was going to be a field general from the, that first day. Yeah. There's some story that where he, in his first, uh, his first huddle that he looked right at Roddy white and said, you better go bleep and go yeah. get this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably, probably uh, true. Yeah, probably cause he wanted to look good on that first pass attempt. Who wouldn't? Um, right. Right. so being a center for a guy like Michael Vick versus a guy like Matt Ryan, did it? Did one of them make your job any harder because maybe the unpredictability? Were Vic? Did you have to play different or just have a different mindset with any of these guys? A little different yeah. mindset, right? Because you just you never knew where he was going to be in the pocket. Um, <laughs> he could be outside the left hash and one play outside the right the next. But you know, it, it made our job a little harder because you had to sustain blocks a little longer, and you might have to, you know, move your body different situations to just never yeah. know where he was going to be but it also made our job easier you know if you got beat at the line of scrimmage he was going to make guys miss you yeah. know uh, yeah. so just a complete different style uh, can't imagine you know and yeah. i love that. um what's your favorite mike vick moment or let me and then i want to ask you about inside the huddle in a game but um what's your favorite mike vick moment I think to me, there, there's two. Uh, the first one that stands out is when Chris Chandler got hurt. I think we were at Candlestick Park playing uh, uh, San Francisco. Uh, I think I know where you're going with this one. Yeah, you probably heard it. Uh, TV timeout. Vic comes in the huddle. So we're all sitting there just kind of talking. We're backed up uh, to the end zone and we're sitting there waiting. He takes his helmet off and pulls out a tube of chapstick. And just, you know, he puts it on his lips, puts it back in his helmet, puts his helmet on, and we're like, all right, this dude's not nervous. You know, he just took chapstick out of his freaking helmet. Uh, <laughs> were, and, did did anybody say with, anything? Did anybody look at him and go, or did anybody just kind of make eye contact? Or anybody just say, did you just take chapstick? Did it, was anything said? Or yeah, no? I, I can remember Keenan Forney was playing next to me. We both looked at each other like, did you just see that? You know? <laughs> So we, we knew we were going to be okay with that guy uh, behind the chapstick moment. And what was the other one? The other one uh, was a Green Bay game when we went up to Lambeau Field in the oh, playoffs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Them first and be at Lambeau. Uh, 
when Vic rolls out to his left, and I believe it was uh, Miller had him right at the sideline. It looked like he was going to take a sack or either go out of bounds. He fought away from that sack and made a big play down the field. And I just, you know, remember the snow coming down. That was mm. a magical moment for us and I think for the Falcons franchise in that game. Oh, for sure. I think if there's any images of that game, that's that's the one that kind of stands the, out. The Minnesota game. The oh, Minnesota yeah. game. Oh, yeah. The, um, the overtime. I didn't think we really had a chance. And he went, got the, had to walk off for the runoff. Yeah. Down right there. yeah, that's right. It was a runoff. Yeah, that was, that was incredible. And he split two defenders on the run, too. It was just incredible. Yeah, it was. Um, that's some good stuff. And so, uh, yeah, I know I got my, my camera, too. I sit there. I'm in a meeting. Sometimes I got the. Um, <laughs> let me ask you about coaches, because, you know, that's been a hot topic around here this this season, unfortunately. Um uh-huh. You know, the Falcons after uh, week five parted ways with, with Dan Quinn. You, as I noted at the top, um, you played for a number of head coaches here. Right. Let, let me ask you, because you had a couple mid-season changes too with Petrino and, and Dan Reeves. Um, what's it like for a player to go through a mid-season coaching change? You know, it's uh, the situations are different. Coach Reese was a guy that was respected, you know, by everybody on the team. He was an old school mentality. Uh, you knew yep. what you were going to get, you know. But as we know, it's a uh, what have you done lately type of business. Uh, I think we were all a little shocked with Coach Reese being let go. You know, players loved him, loved playing for him. Um, you know, and it's it's tough, I think, for that interim guy to step in also. And what I saw in my career with those interim guys, where they kind of pull the reins back a little bit, loosen things up a little bit around there and, and try to let guys go play. Um, the Petrino deal, uh, I wish it would have happened months sooner, you know, yeah. and he left. That was yeah. just that was my uh, worst season as a player. Not, not play on the field, but just everything around it, you know. He was a miserable yeah. guy to and I think everybody was relieved when he quit and left us, you know, because we were just tired of dealing with it. Yeah. What is your, uh, if you had to, you know, when you think back to the Petrino year, I want to say, I almost said years, but when you think back to the Petrino year, that, that whole thing with camp and, uh, and that year, what is, you know, does, what stands out? Is it, is it the, you know, cause I've talked to a for, couple former players, uh, that were on, that were teammates with you. Um, you know, what stands out, you know, the, the bizarre, is there any, is there a bizarre story or just, is there some, is a story that, that hasn't been told about just that whole regime or that time that just stands out for you? You know, I, you know from, from what I hear, you know, he thought he was coming in and going to have Michael Vick as a starting quarterback. Well, yep. everything happened with Mike, you know, now Mike's gone and then we're out looking for quarterbacks. So yeah. he's trying to run the system. And they brought him in to be a quarterback's coach, basically, and be, you know, the, the, the offensive coordinator. And now he had to go out and get Byron Leftwich and Joey Harrington and, and guys that didn't fit that scheme that he wanted to run. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just a miserable person to be around. You know, yeah. type of guy that will pass away, wouldn't even look at you, you know, uh, his own players. So mm-hmm. he in that college uh, dictator – mentality I, I, I try to think like Nick Saban you know you, you think he uh 
rules with iron fist. And that's kind of how Petrino came into a professional locker room. And guys weren't used to that. And, you know, it, it, it wasn't easy. It wasn't an easy year. Do I sense an LSU guy, a little animosity yeah. toward an Alabama guy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm getting at, you know? I No, I know. I just – I couldn't resist. Uh, you had a heck of a career at uh, – at LSU too. You were what? You were two-time All SEC and All American too, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. We had some good there uh, when I was there. A lot of talent. Yeah. Um, and we'll get into what you're doing now in a minute. But uh, I love these Falcons stories. So, as a center, we talked a little bit about playing with you know Matt behind you and, and Mike behind you. Um, as a center, um, weirdest moment in the huddle outside of the chapstick moment. Oh, shoot. Uh, that's a tough one. All right. Well, we can go back to that. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll try to think about that while we're okay. talking. <laughs> um, what about as far as the the guy that you just did not like to face or a guy you just – it was a miserable day? Just a guy that – every time you turned around out of the huddle and you had to look across and you're just going, Lord, I just – do you ever have a guy that you just didn't like playing against? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I get that, that question all the time, and I, I think people want to hear me say Warren Sapp, but it wasn't Warren Sapp. It was uh, Chris Jenkins. He played with the Carolina Panthers, yeah. and he went on to play New York Jets. Uh, yeah. Guy was 6'4", 6'5", 315, 320 pounds. And Big dude. He was a yeah, and I knew every time I played him, I had to be on my A game. I, I studied – every time we played them, I studied film more than I did any other time just trying to get – some little tip, some little key on him. And uh, he was a guy I couldn't relax on, and I hated playing him. Uh, who, if you were keeping score, did you, did you, uh, if this was a boxing match, did you, uh, did you, did you win? I earned a lot of respect from him, you know. All right. Uh, I had some of my best games against, uh, against him, you know, That's when, awesome. when you watch the other guys struggle with him. Uh, but you know, I was, Mentally, I was at a trying to play at a high level when I played against him. Yeah. Um, who was the biggest talker you played against? Or maybe John Randall. Uh, who? Oh, my I, gosh. John, yeah. You know, towards the end of his career. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people of today. Uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say he wasn't much of a like a, a trash talker. He just never quit talking, you know, saying funny things. And uh, he was a beast also. Yeah, um, he was. Sue, uh, Sue talked a little bit, you know, uh, just was a dirty player when we played against him. Uh, Who was it again? Dominica Sue. That's oh, with, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. We had some bad m- moments with him. And then Sap, Warren Sap. I was going to say, I was hoping you'd say yeah, Warren Sap. A lot. Yeah, but he backed it up too. Yeah, he did. So. Um, <laughs> I have a Warren Sap story, but it's, I can't share it here. Um I was an intern at Tampa um, <laughs> when he, during his rookie year. But uh, uh, what, what kind of things – people – I don't know if a lot of people today remember – you know, old, old dudes like me and you remember John Randall. But, you know, I, not, I didn't mean to call you old. I'm, I do. I'm old. Yeah. But uh, a lot of people today, younger people, they don't remember him. Uh, what were some of the bizarre things that he said? You know, you you come up to the line of scrimmage, and he knew everybody's name on get on our <laughs> offensive line. 
and he'd line up over the right guard and he'd say, McClure, McClure, you better get over here and help him. You better get over here and help him. You know, just different things like that. And he's making all the uh, WWE wrestling noises. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. He used to make the noises. That's right. Yeah, yeah NFL films. Yeah. Fun, fun guy to play against, you know. Uh, yeah. Not you weren't blocking him when you lined up on him, you know. Yeah. yeah. But talented. talented. And when, what kind of things would Warren Sapp say to you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he would say, like you said, there's things you can't say. There's things on here I probably can't say. Uh, Nothing about your but, mother or anything like that. <laughs> well, we were in uh, Tampa. It was towards the end of the season. I think he had already been elected to the Pro Bowl. Okay. And uh, we were talking to him. I think I might have tried to cut him one time, get around his knees, and he didn't like that too much. And mm -hmm. uh, he asked me what I was going to be doing in January. And uh, I said, man, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, well, I'm going to be sipping on pineapples and hoes in Hawaii at the Pro Bowl. <laughs> or are you going to be sitting at home, you know, just, just different stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, that's Warren Sapp. <laughs> that's the Warren I remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is rich. Um, that's good stuff. What about as far as teammates? Is there is there a guy that you played with that you were just – you can't say Michael Vick, but uh, – um, is there a guy that you just, when you were in the huddle, you're like, I'm glad he's on, on my team or, or when you were on the sideline watching the defense going, man, I'm glad, uh, he's wearing black and red. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try not to single out guys on offense cause I play with so many and, yeah. uh, that's you understandable. Know, you, you think about it more done, just a true player. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Only Dallas made the plays when we, when we needed to Roddy white, uh, Man, you go all the way down, Matt Ryan, Michael Vick, but the first name that popped out of my head defensively was in his heyday, John Abraham oh. on a third coming off that edge. Uh, Beast. You know, and, and our tackle saying, I'm glad I'm not out there trying to block third down, you know, because he was the easiest, the best practice player to go against because John didn't go hard at practice. Uh, oh. You know, he just kind of <laughs> third long is what John Abraham lived for yeah and he was a beast out there he that that he was um where when you think about some of the great defensive tackles and the defensive ends that you faced did, did you know did something stick out is there is, is, is just there's something different about how they're kind of wired do you think or no when you think back yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's something a little different. They're the fast twitch muscles. Their uh, their ability to react instead yeah. of have a predetermined rush is guys that would react off of what you do to them. Yeah. If you look at a guy like Aaron Donald right now, that's just you know yeah. he's he's giving off the lineman. Heck, it's he knows the counter move. He knows what move to come to based off of what you present to him. Right. Um, and I think all, all the greats they have that. You know, it's all for instinct. What do you think? I'm sitting here looking back. You played on um, 2012 team. I'm going to go backwards. I'm not ranking them, but 2012, you guys were 13 and three. 2011, 10 and six. 2010, 13 and three. 2008, 11 and five. 2004, 11 and five. Um, you were in the playoffs one, two, three, four, five, six times. What was your favorite team? Man, that's tough. Uh, and a lot. Like I, I know. I said, I'm asking you to play favorites today. 
<laughs> yeah, a lot of years run together for me. Uh, but the year when Vic was that quarterback, I, I'm guessing this was four, maybe. Vic, Mark Dunn, Algie Crumpler. Uh, uh, 2004, White. 2004, Vic, was, Vic, Dunn, and Crumpler were your uh, leading leading uh, yeah. passer, rusher, and that receiver. was pretty – Brian Fennerin, you know, was there, and he was going yep. to make the play needed on third down. Uh, that team and then our 12th team that went to the NFC Championship, you know. Yeah, that was some of my best friends on that team and guys I still keep in, in touch with. Um, that yeah, was a Michael, fun Michael ride. Turner. Michael Turner said that uh, that team, too, was was a team that easily could have won it all. Uh, it disappointing they didn't, but definitely had the talent to Absolutely. To it was the most team. You know, the, the offense, defense, you don't always have that, that locker room chemistry. But Yeah, was, you guys had balance. Yep. Yeah, yes, we did. Yeah, great team. Um, you know, you talked about just some of your memories, old school with Dan Reeves, and I, I love that stuff. He was, uh, you know, he every time he talked, he sounded like a like a Texan, and uh, right. you know, you know, he always remind me of his cowboy days. Um, and then you had Wade Phillips, Mister Fix It, and then you had the fiery Jim Mora, obviously Petrino, and then Mike Smith. What's What's your favorite – do you have any, like, favorite moments with any of those coaches or just funny moments or just moments that a lot of people don't realize uh, or, or know of because it was practice or whatever? But just what's your favorite moment with some of those guys? Yeah, you know, I'll go back to Coach Reeves, and he was old school, you know. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of fun going on, you know. It was uh, – you think about coaches like Marty Schottenheimer, guys that had that old school mentality. Yeah. Uh, you know, after practice, I can remember running gassers till I thought I wasn't going to be able to go anymore. Uh, so when, when Coach Mora came in and we run it all, we practiced at a faster tempo. I thought that was just great. You know, I'll go out here and practice hard, but we won't have to run at the end. Um, you know, I can remember the first thing I think about Jim Mora is coming in after a loss and just completely tearing the locker room up, you know, throwing oh, yeah. pictures off the wall and different stuff like that. Uh, he he was a fiery coach, uh, and he was a guy that you know he liked to hang out in the locker room with with us and just just talk. You know, he was a, a yeah. players' coach. Uh, he he didn't take your picture down, did he? No, nah, I don't okay. think so. I don't, I don't know <laughs> whose picture. He did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. That was the reputation with him, right? He was he was uh, he was a guy that could go from two to ten pretty quick, and he was fiery and he was intense. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, uh, when, when Smith, Smitty got here, not a lot of people, he wasn't, he was known in NFL circles, but nationally not a really well-known name. No, he wasn't. And if if we're being honest, you know, when I heard we were hiring Mike Smith, I had to look him up, you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. just see his background. And he was a guy that came in and had some good, really good coaches under him. You know, he just kind of drove the ship and, uh, had good coordinators, uh, good good position coaches, and you know it's a guy everybody loved playing for. You know uh, he was going to reward you if you did good things. You know, and he was stern enough to to take control of some of the situations that would come up in the NFL season. Uh, I love Smitty. Smitty's one of my guys, and still keep in touch with him. And I uh, just hated the way it kind of all ended for him. You know, and but that, I think that last year. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah. You were, your last year was 13. His last year was, was 14. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, after such a long career in, in being a seventh round pick and having the career you did, um, what was, was it, obviously it was, it must've been a tough, was it a tough decision? I say, sometimes you ask a, the obvious question, you get a surprising answer, but when you decided, you know, it was the, you know, you were done. What was that like? What was that process like? Because not, there aren't a lot of guys, let's face it, that play 13 seasons in the NFL. Well, um, for being honest, it wasn't truly my decision. Okay. I went to play here. You know, my contract was up and uh, Thomas thought that he'd go in a different direction. You know, uh, I felt like I had one more good year in me. That guy's going to bat for me. I think uh, Tony and Matt Ryan and uh, the coordinators and all, all those guys, Dirk was there, Dirk Cutter. Yep. Those guys wanted me back. But, you know, I understand. You know, you, you got to make decisions. And, you know, they knew I couldn't play forever. So they made that decision. Um, but did you not, thought about did you think about playing with another team? I did. I thought okay. about it. And, uh, you know, I had a few teams call me. Uh, the Falcons actually called me back in the middle of that season and uh, never called me back after that. Almost went to St. Louis. Uh, at that point, and you see it happen all the time, I was a little bit pissed. So I tried to make some phone calls to get with the Saints just to try to – you look at Brett Favre, if he gets like old Green Bay, I'm going to play with Minnesota and prove him wrong, you know. Yeah. Um, yep. but, but looking back at it now, you know, I'm, I'm glad. I'm happy with my career. Uh, no real, no real grudges, you know. Uh, but I wish I could have played one more year because I thought that team that we had coming back was going to be uh, pretty special, and they had they had a rough year after that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I just I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the end and what was kind of going through your head, and and if you had chances to play elsewhere, and and you just you know was just curious if uh, you know you actually did toy with the idea um so here we are you know we talked about going through those transitions and everything like that um this team uh you've been through you've been through this you know where do you think from a player's perspective you know you said you know the the interims usually come in and loosen things up and and, and that kind of thing you know raheem morris he came in he had a lot of games left. He had 11 games left. Um, that you don't see that a lot. So, you do you, do you pay attention closely to the team and 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 uh, you know as far as like you know as far as talking to people and where do you think this team is from you know a player's mindset right now? You know, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been a tough year. It's been a weird year with with the pandemic. No, and I, I try to think about that. You know, you look in when, when a team starts struggling, and then I couldn't imagine. I went to the game when the Falcons played the Saints in New Orleans. And with 6,000 people in the stands, you know, you don't get a true – when you watch a game on TV, you don't get the true feel of the game until you go watch one in person. I mean, there's just no energy, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, all, the, all the crowd noise is, is fake. Yeah, it's fake. It's, it's a totally different feel. And, you know, I can imagine why when things aren't going good, you don't have that external motivation to, to keep you going. The crowd's not there. Uh, it's a, a different situation, you know. Um, and I think with, with the Falcons, you know, they're they're not missing many pieces. You know, yeah. they put up 
defense offensively. Um, I guess you start to wonder about Julio. How, how much longer does he have, you know, because he's a special player. Yeah, um, you know, uh, I, I, and I know everybody expected that team to be a lot better than what they put out there. I think you look back at, I think it was a Dallas game. If they go oh, in yeah. the game and close that deal, I think this season may even be a little different right now. It's all about momentum, you know, uh, and they just yeah, haven't been had, able to get it. Yeah, it's, this team is – snake bitten is, is a term that's thrown out there a lot. But, yeah, a lot of lot of close ones. And it's just – yeah, it makes you wonder. Um, so you, you mentioned Julio being a special player. Let me ask you this because there's another special player on this team that doesn't get talked out, talked a lot about, and you would appreciate this person. It's at center Alex Mack. Um, right. He's had a heck of a career. And, you know, no one knows when, you know, when he's going to decide, you know, enough's enough. But what do you think the job that he's done? And as a fellow center, when you look at him and his body of work and just what he's, you know, every Sunday, what, what are your thoughts on Alex Mack? Oh, he's tremendous, man. Uh, love watching him play. He's a guy after my own heart that has a passion for the game. Like you said, you don't hear about him much. They don't talk about him because he's out there doing his job every day. Um, towards the end of my career, he was just coming to the league with Cleveland. And if we ever played a common opponent, I always went and watched Alex to see how he handled different guys or how he handles certain situations. Because uh, I felt like we had a similar playing style. I wish I had the motor that he has. You know, I love hmm. the way he finishes blocks and you always see him around the pile. Uh, but I have the utmost respect for Alex Mack. Uh, for his body of work and what he's done as an Atlanta Falcon. That leads me to my my question about Alex Mack with you too. Is is Alex Mack a Hall of Famer? I think so. I definitely think he is. Uh, you know, what he's done, the level he's played at, uh, even when he was at Cleveland, when he's been to Atlanta, you think about some of the centers uh, that have gone into the Hall of Fame. I think he's definitely worthy uh, of you know, being fitted for that gold jacket. Uh, is Matt Ryan a Hall of Famer? Yes. Is is Julio Jones a Hall of Famer? No doubt. <laughs> am, I, am I forgetting anybody? Um, what do you think of that? What do you think of Grady Jarrett's career right now? You, you mentioned Aaron Donald. Wow. Yeah, Grady Jarrett's a guy that I would have hated to, to play against. Uh, his motor does stop, you know. I didn't mind playing against some big guys like like Sue. Uh, I could go around. Let's, you know, they were going to go hard four or five plays a game. You know, maybe more than that. Maybe 10, 12 plays a game, you were going to have to be on your A game. A guy like Grady Jarrett, you better be ready to play every snap. Because he's yeah. coming. You know, I hated playing against guys that were max effort guys. Grady Jarrett's a max effort guy that that is an impact guy also. Did, did players actually t- when you're doing when you're studying during the week? Do you say that to yourself? You're like, okay, this guy's is that is that one of the things that's talked about? Like as you're prepping, like this guy's a max effort guy. This guy doesn't stop, or this guy in these situations, watch out. He pins his ear back when it's third down. Watch out, uh, second and long. Watch out, but you know, other otherwise, you know, just just be on guard kind of thing. Did you actually have those kind of conversations? Yeah, absolutely. And when we would get, you know, the scouting report at the beginning before every game, you know, we had 
uh, our advanced scouts would give us a breakdown on each guy, you know, uh, it'd be like <laughs> good in the phone booth, high motor guy, you know, uh, or it could be you know, really only goes hard on third down. Um, yeah. Interesting. There, uh, you probably remember a guy, Kyle Williams. He, yeah. he played at LSU, played with the Buffalo Bills, and he was another guy that I hated playing because you could not let up. Between the whistles, you could not let up or he was going to beat you. And uh, that's why he had such a long career in Buffalo. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you've been awesome. Um, I, there's a few more things I just want to ask you. Um, I want to do a little word association with you. So what's right. the first word that pops into your mind when I say Matt Ryan? Professional. Work done. Class act. What, what is it? I said class act. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Michael Turner. The burner. I, uh, <laughs> just big plays. I can remember big runs. It, you said one word, uh, big play. That's two words. So we'll go with that. That's all right. We can do two. Um, Michael Vick. Electric. Uh, oh yeah, Roddy White. Goofball. <laughs> Just uh, love playing with Roddy. You know, he was a he was a kid uh, playing a professional athlete's game. He loved it. He had a passion for it. Uh, loved his approach on game day. You better be ready because Roddy was bringing his best. And here's kind of a one from left field, Harry Douglas. <laughs> he was an entertainer. We loved Harry was a locker room guy, you know, uh, kept us all laughing. And he was the same guy. He was a true competitor. Uh, he played that slot and he played bigger than his body size. You know, uh, he wasn't afraid of anybody. And yeah, fiery guy. Yes, yeah, really fiery. Uh, did you, you know that reminds me of uh, Michael Jenkins? He was talking about a fine system uh, with the receivers, you know, for yeah. drop balls, for for different for different uh, different things. And we won't get into the list. Um, were you aware <laughs> of these? The, the judge and jury in the fining system. Yeah, we may or may may or may not have started in the offensive line room. You know, <laughs> uh, we had a. We had a whiteboard, and I know it's probably legal now. And I don't know if it was legal then, but uh, a what board? We had a, a whiteboard, a chalkboard. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Up, you know, and kept up. We had, you know, at the end of the year, there were some pretty big fines paid out. Whiteboards, uh, whiteboards aren't illegal. You're good. No, well, some <laughs> things kidding. that were ruined. And, and the amount, you know, but the good thing we 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 gave as the offensive line, we gave all of ours to charity, so it. uh well, that's good. It worked out good. I can know. imagine what was on there. Um, yeah. Just pancake <laughs> blocks, right? Things, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, could, I don't think I could tell you half of them, what the names of certain things were, you know, you can tell uh, me when we get off the air here, we, we want to, okay. we want to keep this show going. <laughs> Um, did you have any super, you just, you, you kind of making my mind wander here, but did you have any superstitions at all as a player? Um, you know, was, did uh, you not like your certain, you know, there were certain guys that just, they didn't like their pants washed because it would, they, they would shrink or in quarterbacks would, you know, there's a center up in, in Cleveland. I won't mention his name who, uh, didn't like to have his pants washed because he, he 
he didn't like the way they felt in the in, in some quarterbacks Vinny Testaverde uh you know offered you know money uh to you know get the interns to snatch the pants to have him washed because he didn't like the way his hands you know felt and smelt um did you have any kind of superstitions or were there anybody on the team that kind of had some you just were like oh that's different you know I was a I wouldn't say superstitious, uh, but I was, I had a routine, Yeah. Uh, you know, especially during home games, you know, I got there at a certain time. Yeah. Uh, I tub, I taped my wrist, I taped my fingers, had my ankle ta- taped at a certain time. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was all routine and I felt like if I ever got rushed or something thrown out of whack, you know, I just didn't feel comfortable, but, uh, you know, I was, I was, yeah, definitely a routine guy. Creature habit. Yeah. Uh, no weird, no weird stories though. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I'll back. Uh, Sam Baker that played with us was uh, a tackle, and it didn't matter where we were, what game it was, he was going to throw up oh, in his pocket, yeah. you know, right before we went out. You know, just something about the nerves when they started kicking in. Uh, no, our, our, he just was a guy that would get worked up right before kickoff. We our, one year in high school, uh, our starting quarterback he threw up before every game, and if he didn't throw up, we got we got concerned. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. He's he's not going to play well. He he's didn't not throw up, and that's yeah. We're going we're going out before the the game starts, and I remember one year we came out and everyone was talking like, "Oh no, he didn't throw up. We're in trouble." So. <laughs> Oh, good stuff, man. This has been great. And I would love to have you back. Um, and I know you, we're, we're hitting time here, but uh, there's one question I got to ask you. Uh, usually I ask at the top of the show, but I'm going to ask you now, what do you be brutally honest? And, and I know you will be because you have been, uh, you've been awesome. But uh, um, what do you think of the name Bird Noises? That's the name of this bird. podcast. Yeah. Bird I, like it. I like it. You like it? Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Is there is there something about it that uh, you know it's a it's a, a podcast about football mostly everything else so it's we said you know it's it's got to have a weird different name to cut through the noise but well you got it right there I think that's a okay. weird different name. So, um, yeah. CeeLo, uh from Goody Mob uh, wanted to call it Bird. Uh-huh. Um, I'm trying to think of some other names. Jesse Tuggle loves the name. He loves the name. Uh, some of the coaches that came on said it needs some juice, but uh, yeah, that's <laughs> go with it, man. Like it, go with it. That's definitely catching. <laughs> well, you'll make Dan Gad, our digital director, really happy. He's gonna he's gonna be a big Todd McClure fan now. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, listen, I uh, really appreciate you coming on, and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to you and your family. And uh, um, did you, you got all your shopping done yet, or no? No, not yet. I hadn't yeah. started. My wife normally handles it all, but I was just talking to one of my guys, and I got to get started here pretty quick. I'm a, yeah. I normally work last minute, you know. Yeah, I, I am so I'm gonna try to get. Oh. You're not <laughs> alone. You're not alone, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, man. No, thank you for having me anytime, man. Y'all give me a holler.